Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reimbold, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the corn patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity. Again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call. 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. Now let me say that again. We, rest of 32's yet, I sent them not nor commanded them. See, he didn't command them dreams. You think God commanded that thing with Y2K? No, he didn't, he didn't command it. Therefore shall they not profit this people at all, saith the Lord. It will not profit at all. You know what it means? You put the stuff up, it's not going to profit you. And people look at me and say, well, now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've got to put up and everything's okay with it. No, it's not okay with it. No, it's not. 
I'm sorry, it's not. Why? It's a cursed thing. It's a cursed thing just like you become a child of God. It was a soothsayer, a dreamer of dreams of a familiar spirit. And you fell into the trap. You gobbled it up. And I said, I said, I said years ago when all that took place, folks, I was a year before midnight struck for Y2K to happen. One year before that, I was on TV and radio in this area right here, screaming at the top of my lungs, it's not going to happen. It is a familiar spirit of work, and all these guys are going to do, these knuckleheads are going to make millions of dollars selling books, didn't they? Selling tapes, didn't they? And selling food, did they not? And the blood is upon their hands. And then they can't understand why nothing seems to turn out right, and they can't seem to get the thing going again, and it won't be. I'll tell you why. Because they are cursed. And they cursed all those people and all those you Folks, do you understand the depth of this? Do you understand why on that day when those people that, that, that were in a spotlight, those people that were nationally known people that were saying, Y2K is coming, airplanes are going to fall out of the sky, trains are going to run into... Oh, it went on, it went on, it went on, it went on. And the people loved to hear it so, didn't they? Yea, Lord. Yea, Lord. Yea, Lord. It didn't happen. Now, now look at the people whose lives will never come out from under that curse. Never come out. Because why? They don't even know that it's got to be broken. They don't even know that it's a curse. Those people that did it don't even know that they're cursed because they did it. But they did. And now they live in the curse. And then they come to me and they start shooting their mouth off and I'm sitting there, you dummy. See, the bad thing about getting around somebody like me, there's two things. I see straight through you in the Spirit. Okay? Number two, I know the Word of God. And when you start acting that way to me, you know what you're telling me? You are about as stupid as stupid can get when it comes to the Word. That's the reason I keep saying, you get scriptural first before you get into all this over here. It's easy to get over here and say, God said this because you ate pizza the night before, or you stayed up and watched some movie, or you stayed up and, and, and meditated about some great catastrophe happening, such as part of the state of California falling off the ocean. Then coming up with some dream or some uh, copy main story about a, a vision that you're trying to tell people you had. What's it about? I'll tell you what's it about. It's about danger, and it's about being dangerous. Now listen. 33, And when this people, or the prophet, or the priest, shall ask thee, saying, What is the burden of the Lord? Thou shalt then say unto them, What burden? I, even, I will even forsake you, saith the Lord. And as for the prophet, and the priest, and the people that say, The burden of the Lord I will even punish... I would even punish that man and his house. Now, you understand? He's again to those oracles, those things that they're speaking that's not of him. Thus shall you say every one to his neighbor and every one to his brother, What hath the Lord answered? And what hath the Lord spoken? And the burden of the Lord shall you mention no more, for every man's word shall be this burden. For ye have perverted the words of the living God and the Lord of hosts, Lord or hosts, our God, our love of host of God, well, whatever. Now, you know what he's really saying there? Stop it. Just shut up. You can't do it right. Get out of the way. The real prophets will take care of it, and you sit down and shut up, and if you think you're a real prophet, forget it. Just forget it. And yet, at the same time, we don't want to hear this kind of preaching. Because we're too busy and we're too concerned about this flesh thing. See, it always comes down to being a flesh thing. That's what it comes down to being. We always want our flesh to do what? We want our flesh to come full term. We want our flesh, bless God, to, 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 to stand up and to be recognized. 37. Thus shall thou say unto the, say unto the prophet, 
What hath the Lord answered thee, and what hath the Lord spoken? But since ye say the burden of the Lord, thereunto thus saith the Lord, because ye say this word, the burden of the Lord, and I have sent you, saying, Ye not, or ye shall not say the burden of the Lord. Therefore upon I, even I, will utterly forget you, and I will forsake you, and the city that I have you and your fathers, and cast you out of my presence, and I will bring an everlasting reproach upon you. Now listen and perpetual shame which shall not be forgotten. Do you think that there is, in fact... Now this is after you they've been warned. I want you to understand that. Previously, as we read through there, they were being warned to stop. And as I said to you last night when we broke this thing, God help you if you get back into it. Why? Because we're talking here... We're talking here perpetual shame which shall not be forgotten. It won't be forgotten. Now who now who wants to walk in that? I, I don't want to walk in that. I don't know I don't know what you know what, what you want to walk, but I don't want to walk in that. Let's go to Jeremiah twenty six. I don't want I don't want nothing to do with that. I in fact I, I you know I'm I'm just uh, twenty eight, I'm sorry. Twenty eight. I don't want anything to do with that. Now, it says in 28.1, it says, And it came to pass the same year, in the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fourth year, in the fifth month, that Hananiah, the son of, of Azer, the prophet, which was of Gibeon, spake unto me in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the priests and of all the people, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Wherein two full years will I bring again unto this place all the vessels of the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar, king of, of, of Babylon, took away from this place and carried them to Babylon. And I will bring again to this place uh, Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and with the captives of Judah that went into Babylon, saith the Lord, for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon." Then the prophet Jeremiah said unto the prophet Hananiah, In the presence of the priests, not in the back room, in the presence of all the people, not, not in a little closet somewhere, that stood in the house of the Lord. Even the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. The Lord do so. The Lord perform thy words that thou hast prophesied, to bring again the vessels of the Lord's house, and all that is carried away captive from Babylon unto the place. Nevertheless, hear thou now the word that I speak in, this, in thine ears and in the ears of all the people. The prophets that have been before me and before thee of old prophesied, both against many countries and against great kingdoms of war and of evil and of pestilence. The prophet which prophesied of peace, when the word of the prophet shall come to pass, then shall the prophet be known that the Lord hath truly sent him. Then Hananiah the prophet took the yoke from off of, Jer uh, off of Jeremiah's neck and break it. And Hananiah spake in the presence of all the people, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Even so will I break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from the neck of all the nations within the space of two full years. And the prophet Jeremiah went his way. Now, now what's this guy? We're, we're here in two years, aren't we? He's shooting, he's shooting off his mouth. Then the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the prophet after that Hananiah the prophet had broken the yoke from off the neck of the prophet Jeremiah, saying, Go and tell Hananiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Thou hast broken the yokes of wood, but thou shalt make for them yokes of iron. Now that's not exactly what that prophet Hananiah had to say, was it? Now, did, now the neat thing is that, see, Jeremiah didn't know. He said, And so let it be. So let it be, didn't he? But then after he got away, then God spoke to him. And it goes on to say, the 14, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put a yoke of iron upon the neck of all these nations, that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and they shall serve him, and I have given him the beasts of the field also. Then said the prophet Jeremiah to Hananiah, the prophet, Hear now, Hananiah, the Lord hath not sent thee, but thou makest this people to trust in a lie. 
Same thing we've been studying in. Therefore thus saith the Lord, because I will cast thee from off the face of this earth, this year thou shalt die, because thou hast taught rebellion against the Lord. So Hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month. Now, did it all sound good what Hananiah came to say? Yes, they're going to, you know, but was it from God? No. What was his reward? He died. Now, I, I take this portion of Scripture, and I begin to use this in trying to get people to understand a couple things. One is, I believe a lot of these people shooting their mouth off is going to die. And I believe that. I, I, I don't, I don't, you know, it isn't like they need to die. They need to get out of the way because they are causing more harm to God's people than they're doing good. It all looks good. They, 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 oh, I feel so good, brother, this weekend. I've heard all this wonderful, these wonderful words. And you know what I say? You're going to have to wear most of them all your life. You're going to have to wear most of them all of your life. Let's, uh, let's go to um, the 29th chapter. And I want to do 30 through 32 here. 30 through 32. Then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah, saying, Send to all them of the captivity, saying, Thus saith the Lord concerning Shemaniah and Nehelamite, the Nehelamite, because Shemaniah hath prophesied unto you, and I sent him not, and he caused you to trust in a lie. Hmm. Therefore saith the Lord God, Behold, I will punish Zemaniah, the Hehelamite, and his seed. Now notice, now notice what happened to his family. See, that's what gets bad about this thing, folks. You're not only cursing yourself, you're cursing your families. Now, come on, now, let me know what I said. And he seed, and he shall not have a man to dwell among his people, neither shall he behold the good that I have to do for my people, saith the Lord, because he hath taught rebellion against the Lord. There it is again. Taught rebellion against the Lord. What, 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 what is this all about? Folks, it's about that you're doing a no-no. Okay? It, 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 you're doing a no-no. That's what this thing is. We are out here doing stuff that, bless God, that is causing more harm than it's ever going to do good. And we think, oh, how wonderful a weekend we've had when we go somewhere to get us a word. Well, Brother Deckard, I can't remember me talking about the people. I can go, I can stand here forever and tell you about people that, that, that came up to insult this prophet by, I want a word, brother, I'm not leaving. I told you the one about the, about the, the, the guy and, and what happened to him. And I could stand here and tell you dozens upon dozens upon dozens of those stories. And then we got people out here prophesying this is going to happen, that's going to happen. What is it that I have said? Somebody said there was be, that, bless God, there was going to be this dream. I dreamed the dream about out here in, in, in Oregon. That happened. Uh, I think there was a prophet. I think you're looking at him that said, no, that's not going to happen. That's not from the Lord. It's a lie. Now, is that any different than what took place in that book? Not one different. But you know what, you know what people emailed me and told me? Oh, that wasn't the love of Jesus. Oh, yeah, that's the love of Jesus. What did I do? I pronounced judgment upon him, upon his seed, and upon everybody that thought that that was going to happen. Now, if you could trace this, and you could watch that now, from that point on, their lives are going to go straight down the tube. And their poor children aren't going to amount to nothing because Daddy shot his stupid mouth off because he thought he had a dream from God. It's time to grow up, folks. We're just not all called to do this stuff. We're just not all called into those areas that are that dangerous. And if you haven't learned anything else here this weekend, you understand how dangerous this thing is that we're flinging around like it was a, a ten-penny piece of cork. Thinking of, oh, that's just this. Oh, I mean, let's get something. We don't want to know the spiritual, all right. We want to. You're hurting yourself. More than that, you're hurting your family. You're hurting everybody that wants to listen to it. How many churches today across America has had somebody stand in it and say, Thus saith the mouth of God? How many churches are you in that every Sunday morning or every Sunday night or every Wednesday night 
Sister Smith stands up and gives tongues, and Sister Jones over here gives the interpretation. All lies. It's all lies. Why? The, 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 the Sister Smith, I, I, you can set a watch. I used to back in the old, back in the old days, <laughs> I'm old enough to call them the old days now, I guess. Back in those days when I started, I'd go and I'd sit there, and, and bless God, I'd be there for two weeks, and, and every Sunday morning, this one lady would get up and give tongues, and you could set your watch by and as soon as she sat down, the other sister in this room got up and gave the interpretation of it. I go, boy, you'll need a clock when you go to that church because you'll know about what time it is. So what happens with all of it? We've been duped. We've been slick-willied, all right? And we don't even know it. We have not the foggiest idea what, we, what we've fallen, or fallen into. But boy, the biggest excuse you've got in this world is God said because you think that that makes everything right and everybody that hears it is going to believe it because you said God said. And yet you have spoken the name of the Lord God in vain and he will not hold you guiltless. You will be cursed, your seed will be cursed, and everybody that hears it will be cursed. It is a dangerous thing, my brothers and sisters, to be anywhere when any man or woman will stand and say, listen to what the word of the Lord is unto this place. Number one, too much of what is given is nothing but, uh, uh, if you will, it's nothing but, but hot air that doesn't really say anything, and anything, it's all in generalities. Things are, are not specific in most of those things. And I, you know, I, 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 I watched, and, and through the years it's been of a, it, 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 this thing has unfolded for me as a, as a great drama. You know, for 30 years, I've walked this. God's taught me this for 30 years. I've kept my mouth shut because God said, I will tell you when. Do you realize how hard it is to sit on something for 30 years? Most people would have preached that once, at least once a, a month for 30 years by now. I have held on to this for 30 years, and God said, when I want you to minister, I will tell you. And the Lord God said now, you minister prophets and prophecies. Now you minister it. Now it's time for them to understand the truth. And you know why he told me that? He said, they've messed enough up now. There's not enough of people walking in my blessings. They're all going to have to sit down and take a long, hard look at whether they are cursed or whether they're blessed. And that's what you've got to do. And folks, if you're not walking in blessings, don't blame it on God. Don't blame it on your spouse, your next-door neighbor. You look at yourself. That's the reason I keep saying, well, you know, people keep saying, I hear from God, I hear from God, I hear from God. Well, what is God saying when you say, God, search my heart and let me see what's in my heart? Now, if I would have taken a vote when we came in here Friday night, and I thought about doing that, of everybody that's prayed that prayer within the last week or month or whatever, probably everybody in this room hopefully would have prayed that prayer. And then I was going to come back and stand here at the end of this thing, and I was going to say, you heard God say, thus saith the Lord about all that. Why couldn't you hear God say, you're cursed because you've used my name in vain? See, folks, I have a real problem with these things. People seem to hear God tell them everything under the sun besides what it is they need to straighten their lives up. And when there's that kind of lack of balance, it's not there. It's a fallacy, and it is a joke. And the problem is we, we, have, become a, we have become a laughingstock. Do you know how many people... Uh, where, well, well, brother, you remember the, 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 we, uh, there was supposed to be a great revival up there in Milwaukee on the 20, starting the 22nd day of June. Great revival. Bless God, we prophesied in a nice-sized church and all this. Nothing happened. Now, guess what? The man's cursed. The church is cursed. Every person that sat under that word to hear it is cursed. You said, well, Brother Deckard, I'm, I'm just a little concerned. Is there anywhere I can go? I don't know that there is. That's the reason I keep telling you. It's going to be household synagogues. That's where it's going. Get out of those whores and stay out of them, saith the Lord. 
My Lord and my God, what are you going to be told to get away from them? Leave them. You've come from the curse, now stay out of the curse. Don't walk back in them places. You don't have any more of an idea in the man in the moon whether that brother or sister or whoever it is that stands up and said, God said that it's God anyway. Stay out of it. Don't you put you and your family and your children in risk because you think you need to be somewhere where it's happening. I'll tell you where it's happening. It's happening through your fasting and your prayer. That's where it is happening and nowhere else. You know what? Let me tell you something here. There was a time when the only way you could get the Word of God was to go, go into a place called a church. But there is so much information now. There is so much a Word that is being taught and ministered now. The Internet, bookstores, CDs, and everywhere else, that you literally have a library that stretches around this world at your fingertips. What kind of information do you need from that church if you're going somewhere where they're saying God said this or God said that anyway? When you can get the information by praying and fasting. See, the whole key is your development of your spirit man on this earth. The key, that's the key to this thing. God wants you to grow up spiritually. But He first has to have you grow up scripturally. So if you're going to church, now let me tell you about most churches. Most churches are so shallow that we're, you know, we're, we're, we're preaching. You know, I, the thing that I'm loving, we're still trying to hold whatever to get everybody filled with the Holy Ghost. And that just tells this problem one thing. We're further behind than we ever dreamed we were. We're still trying to convince people that there's a Holy Ghost. My Lord and my God. If you can't be around this preacher and want the Holy Ghost, there's something wrong with you. You know, I, I told some people, I, I, I got involved with some people. And I told them, I said, I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to do squat without the Holy Ghost. Some of these people run around these Messianic folks, and bless God, they're old. Oh, my, they're so anointed. If they don't have the Holy Ghost, they couldn't be anointed. There is nothing in this Bible that was anointed without the Holy Ghost. Nothing that was of God. So when you start going around these guys and they're teaching you, they're not teaching you by the Holy Ghost, and is it not the Holy Ghost that will what? Teach and guide us into what? All truth? What are you doing, folks? You know what it is? Running here and running there, ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And that is what is going on in your lives, and you don't even realize it. You know, there's times I just you know there's times I just say to God, why bother? Let them all go to hell. You say, well, that's the love of Jesus. No, I didn't say that was the love of Jesus. That's this prophet being frustrated. That's this prophet saying, I'm putting out truth. This message here, as far as I know, has never been preached on the face of this earth. And you and the size of this crowd that's here today have having the first opportunity to hear this. This is big time end-time prophetic message. Now, who's going to deal with it? Well, not very many, because you know why? You'd have to admit you're wrong. And there's not many people are going to stand up and let their pride let them admit they're wrong. Most people are going to say, no, that's the devil. That's not the way it works. We're, Old Te we're New Testament. We don't have to do that. God isn't that way in the New Old Testament. You know why? Wrong teaching and wrong believing. That's all in the world it is. That's the reason you've got to be grounded in the Word. You've got to be grounded. You've got to be taught correctly. You've got to believe correctly. And people that are outside to bless God the Holy Ghost, people that are outside, bless God, uh, keeping the festivals, keeping New Moon, keeping Shabbat, the testimony of Yeshua, Jesus Christ, you're, you're out of sync. You're out of, you're, you're out of the circle. If you've got that information, all this stuff will work for you. You understand what I'm saying? If you don't have this information... Then, then, bless God, what we've done here will mean nothing to those that hear it. Because it'll be, oh, no, I'm a great one of God. Who made you a great one of God? Who made you that? You see, Hananiah thought he was a, a and he was a prophet. There was no, they said prophet. But the major prophet, Jeremiah, came in 
and put him right where he belonged, and, and he was right, wasn't he? He died. And people say to me, so, well, you don't have the right, you don't have the right to curse people. Oh, yeah, I do. Oh, I'm sorry, but I do. It all started over in Africa. Had some problem with a brother stole some money with me from me over there. And I was over there, and the Lord God said, and I had, I had broke that drought that I talked about that hadn't rained for three and a half years and prophesied and told them exactly when it was going to start raining in three days. There was a tree standing off to my left about where the menorah is, about that big around. It was just about as tall as, as uh, probably from the floor to the top of that speaker box there. And the Lord said to me, he said, you go over and tell the people that not only that which the anointing you carry will bless and bring the rain, you can also curse the ground. He said, take the tree, curse the tree, and tell them in three days the leaves will begin to wither and fall from that tree, and it will die. And he said, and then the brother that stole the money is going to come give you the money, because he was there. So I walked over, grabbed the tree, I cursed the thing, told them what God told me to tell them, cursed it. Three days the leaves started falling off of it. And for one solid year, people walked from all over southern Malawi to touch that tree that the prophet had cursed that died. And right after the service, the man came up and said, I'm going to give you back that money. I said, you told me you didn't steal any money from me. You don't owe me anything. He said, yeah, after seeing that, I do. I owe you the money. You see, there are certain absolute giveaways about real-time major prophets, and one of them is the capability to curse. And people don't like that, and I, and I know they don't like it. And, but you see, what's going to ever bring fear for the prophets? What's going to ever bring that back? They feared them prophets. Do you think that you think that bless God when 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 uh, Elisha was walking down that road and them kids come out and started making fun of him and saying go up thy bald head go up? You know what that was? It wasn't because he was bald headed and that made him mad. It's because there was no respect for the prophet. You understand what I'm telling you? America doesn't know how to respect a prophet. America could respect this prophet, but America probably will never respect me. I get more respect in the third world, and they treat me like a king in the third world. He cursed those kids because they disrespected the office. The she-bear came out of the woods and ate them. I think it said two she-bears, didn't it? Came out of the woods and ate them. Don't mess with real prophets. I have cried. I have begged people. If you want to leave, leave. You badmouth me, and you'll end up in the dirt over it. And people, hey, I don't believe that. And I can take you to the graves of a lot of them that said those words. You say, well, what are you trying to do? Make me afraid? No, I want to just tell you so you'll understand you're not sitting here today under some go-fly-by-night character that wants to be a prophet. I have said over and over again, I didn't ask for this. I was ordained by God from the foundation of the earth for this. I can't do anything about it. It's there. I developed it, and it works. Don't mess with it. I don't have the patience, nor do I have the time to put up with your shenanigans because you think you're playing God's little helper but coming against this prophet. Nor will I ever. All right? One more verse. Jeremiah 33, 3. Now here's what the difference between them and somebody like me is all about. 33, 3 of Jeremiah. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. That's what the difference is. I can call upon the Lord, and the Lord will show me great and mighty things that I know not. See, I don't go looking for them. I don't go asking God, God, give me a vision for that. I need a vision, Lord, for that. Now, I've told you often that I've had God to give me a sign for the things that He has commissioned me to go do and to leave signs, and I went through that for a number, number of years. Me and the Lord wrestled back. Why? Because I'm going to tell you something. I did not in any way, shape, or form want to have to 
a blessed God, miss God, and become cursed. Why would anybody go through all that? Why would anybody go through and say, well, Lord, if I have to go do that, you know why? Because I know familiar spirits are real. And I'm a real prophet. Have real angels come to me that hear the audible voice of God as I'm hearing right now, as I minister under this anointing. And yet I still fear God enough and concerned enough about a familiar spirit coming in after 30 years of this thing, and you're running around going, well, now, God said to tell you this, brother. Hallelujah. The old adage I keep saying, you need slap. Okay? You flat need somebody to put the whammies on you. Because you are making a joke out of everything people like me is trying to do. And you're hurting the program. Why? People don't know. People don't know. I'm telling you, folks, to, to, to say God said in the charismatic, in the full gospel realm, it is a must today if you're a minister. Do you know any minister filled with the Holy Ghost that does not prophesy? Well, the Bible says you will prophesy. There's a gift of prophecy. Yes, there is from God. But see, again, what we get to thinking that every time we have a meeting, we have to have prophecy. We have to have tongues. We have to have interpretation of tongues. We have to have God said. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't see that every time they had a meeting in the book of Acts. Why do you think we got to have that every time we have a meeting? It is a flesh thing. It is building our flesh man up. It is getting the accolades from the people that, yes, he must be some great one. But no, we're no, none of us are any great ones. What we all are is servants of God. And again, I go back to the thing that I, that I mentioned uh, earlier on in this thing. We're all sheep or should be sheep under the Lord. Following after him by hearing his voice. His sheep know his voice. Now, if that's the truth, let's use the situation, Sig, that, that you got into. If his sheep hear his voice, then why was it only you? out of all those people sitting in that room, had a problem about that prophet that said what he said. How many sheep was in that room? Say, probably none. Now, there may have been a few that just didn't, you know, didn't stand up and say anything. But the, but the problem is the damage is done. The damage is done. One time I had a young guy come, come here and, 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 and proclaim to be a prophet and and he was really a young guy, and and I and anyway he came and and we were in the in the front office, and I said to him before he came out here, I said, now brother, now let me tell you something, so so we're all on the same page here. I want you to do what God tells you to do, but if you miss God, I'm going to rebuke you right there in front of God, the congregation, and that's all there's going to be of it. He looked at me and he said, would you do that? I said in a heartbeat. So we came out here and. He ministered the word, and bless God, he could have said everything he had to say in ten minutes, and he took an hour and a half to do it. Come on. Bless God, we got done, and he standing with him. Then he started, and he, he started, and he called and said, well, then we're going to have the healing line. People came up, and he started going down through the healing line, and he started giving words. First, the words that he gave was just a big bunch of generality that, that said nothing. Second one, he come to, and he said, Sister, I see that you have a spirit a suicide on you. Now, I'm sitting over here, and he's over here, and I said, no, 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 no. I said, that's not right. Try again. He looked at me, and he said, well, he said, I think that's what... I said, don't blame it on God, son. God didn't say that. I got up and walked over there, and I was, you know, you're sitting in a, you're Now you're in a congregation, which I know the people that's here. And I walked over to this sister and I said, Sis, have you ever had the spirit of suicide? Have you ever felt like you wanted to kill yourself? She said, Never in a day of my life. I said, Break the curse, boy. Break it! He said, Well, well, well he said, I said, No, break the curse. He tried, I said, Break the curse, or I'm going to throw you out the front door of this church. With this hand right here, break it. So he broke the curse, walked out the door. 
Now, that was the first night he was to be here a week. He went back to the hotel room. I closed the service out, went and beat on the door at the hotel, and here he come to the door. And he said, well, I won't be back. I said, oh, yeah, you will. I said, oh, yeah, you're not, you're not going to play this chicken butt game with me. You're coming back out there. You said that you'd be there for one week, and you are going to preach one week out there, boy. And I'm going to teach you some things that you didn't even know existed if you don't get out there and do things right. I said, you didn't come up. You know what's wrong? They're not coming up under good ministry. They're not com- If you're going to work in the Spirit, you better get around somebody that darn sure works in the Spirit and not somebody that acts like they work in the Spirit. Boy, he said, I- I'd rather take a whipping and go back out there. I said, well, it's only your pride. You'll get over it. I said, it's only your pride. You'll get over it. Next night, he come out here and come time for the heel line. He said, well, I- he said, I-, I-, I just don't feel God wants you. I said, now, wait a minute. Whoa, wait a minute. I said, now, we're going to have a heel line tonight. You're going to conduct the heel line. So I just got up and I started calling out things. I said, come on up here. I said, this brother's going to lay hands on you. Boy, he went down through there, but he didn't say God said anything. By the end of the week, he was smiling. (laughs) Did he ever come back? No, he never came back. No, the word got to be in, don't go to Brother Deckard's church and preach. He will eat you up and spit you out. He will embarrass you right there in front of all them people. But you see, if you're going to play the game, you've got to do it right. If you want to get in my ballpark, then we better do it right. Because I'm not interested in all the whoop de law that goes with it. See, we got, we're now entertaining a lot of yelling, being the, being, being the anointing. And you know, I, you know, that thing I did on the anointing the last time you we were here, the whole church world needs to hear that. You, yeah, 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 I get to say I'm wanting to throw up at some of this stuff. My Lord and my God, there's no anointing in it, and they think it's all anointing. I'm going, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's what the anointing is. Oh, okay. Does God love you? Yes, God loves you. God cares about you greatly. He cares enough that He will what? He will rebuke you, and He will give you the truth. That's the kind of love that the church is going to have to have. We've been through all this stuff, you know, going and bless God and and learning to prophesy and running out here and messing everybody's lives up and cursing ourselves and anybody will listen to us. We've, folks, we, we've had all that we can stand. And like I said, then we wonder why we're not blessed. Then we don't understand why everything's turning up a dingy-looking brown in our lives. It's because you're walking in the curse that you created. I've got people that, bless God, through the years have told me that I've shared points and places of this with and have told me, said, you know, Brother Deckard, I went to my pastor and told my pastor that, uh, you know, that I'm going to come to church there to receive the word, that any time anybody is going to say, thus saith God, I'm going to run out that door so I can get all the way out the church so I don't have to be responsible. I said, well, what if it's right? He said, I'll just miss that blessing. Ever think of it that way? I'll just miss that blessing. But if it's a curse, I don't have to walk in it. What's the odds? And I'm I'm guessing here. But I'm going to guess that the odds of everybody in America this morning that's in a church saying God said that probably somewhere around 95% of it isn't even close. Now, that's a sad indictment, folks, but that's how bad this thing is, and that's just a number, all right? Maybe it's 80%. If it's 2%, it's too much, but it's not that low, believe you me. This thing is astronomical, and it's astronomical only because that we have got ourselves into a position, bless God, of letting things come in and take over because it tickles our flesh. You see, it's making our flesh man feel good to know. And after all, isn't that what it's about if you get a word? But did that do anything for your spiritual for your spiritual growth? Not a thing. 
It might destroy it if you stop and think about it. So you go to get a word, and the word is not from God. It becomes a curse to you. So instead of the blessing, it becomes what? The cursing. And you live out there. See, you can't go with this right. This will lie to you. Oh, this flesh will lie. It will lie. It will lie. And it doesn't have a thing to do with God. This right here will lie to you, your mind, because it's not anything to do with God. And your mind and your flesh may say, oh, my, the Word. Oh, the Word. The Word that I got, Brother Deckard, was just right on the money when I was in service with you. Well, bless God, it better be right on the money when you're in service with me. You understand what I'm saying? But the thing of it is, what about all the ones that received it that wasn't right on the money? Well, Brother Deckard, half of what they said was right. Then you just walk in a half a curse? No, you work in a, walk in a curse. See, half wrong doesn't do anything but make it wrong. You know, and that, that's what I keep saying over and over and over again. But again, the problem is that most of those jugheads didn't sit under good ministry that walks in this kind of a thing. Most of them came up in the back room in, in their prayer closet praying, thinking God's saying this stuff. Familiar spirits come in, and now, and, and you know, again, my grandma was always right. The proof's in the pudding, boy. You're either blessed or you're cursed. You either have life, you have a death. You choose. Now, with that warning and leaving you with that, let me just, let me just say that now that you know, beware. You be very, very careful what you're sitting under. You be very, very careful what you're gathering in. You know, there's some people that are just into prophecy. Do you know that? That goat or wolf chases everything down the street, everything down the street that's called prophecy. Everything. How many people have been to heaven? How many people out here have been to heaven? young man last night stayed, and, and he came in late, and he stayed and... Uh, or late yesterday afternoon, he stayed, and I ministered to him, a young prophet, 26 years old. You know, he was telling me all that. I said, I've been there and done that one, boy. Anyway, he said to me, he said, now, Brother Deckard, he said, there's one more question I've got for you. Now, he wasn't here like you were here, okay? Remember, he only made, I think, yesterday afternoon and last night. He said, what is this, this gold dust that uh, I get on my hands and it comes on my face? I looked at him, I said, a familiar spirit. Well, what about sister such and such? Do you know who she is? I said, no. Well, they have, I mean, gold dust and, and, and it guns on them and you can see it. A familiar spirit. He said, I'm going to tell you one thing I know from being here, these two services. If there's ever been a prophet of God, you are one. And if you tell me that's a familiar spirit, then I'm going to repent. And I'm going to walk away from it. I said, you do it. It's not God. It's not consistent with the way God does things. You mean the only way we know if we're blessed if, if gold dust falls down on us? Come on, folks. Isn't that really what we're saying? Well, I'm a little more blessed than you are because I've got gold dust on me. Come on. Let's get real. Now God's become what? A respecter of persons, hasn't he? Folks, we want to follow anything that bless God that makes us different. See, the, 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 the Messianic movement, most of, most of the people that are jumping into that now, especially without the Holy Ghost, they're just getting in, and some with the Holy Ghost, just to be different. Just want to be different. Oh, my. Oof. Oh, yes, we're just a little different. Yes, we want to be a little different. And, oh, my. Well, yes, you know, we keep the real Sabbath, you know. And we run around and we start making such fools out of ourselves. And we don't even know what we're doing. We think we're helping God's kingdom. No, you're not. You're making a fool out of yourself. Stop it. God was going to run this thing without you before you got in it, and he can run it without you now. Get in it and do it right. Learn correctly so you can do it right. Don't get into legalisms. And I keep saying over and over and over again. Before you get into that stupid stuff and curse yourself with legalisms, 
do yourself a favor, sit down and email me and say to me, Prophet, I think that I am going to do such and such, wash my hands and my feet before I come into the sanctuary uh, every day. And I'll say, don't bother. You're just wasting water. Your feet will smell a little better, but that'll be it. Legalism. This isn't the temple. The Lord my God, Yahweh, is not in the box, folks. He's here. And see, that's the reason people are getting so stupid with the Messianic Judaism because they don't know the difference between what God was doing then because of the law and what God is doing now with the law. They have no idea. And yet they're out there messing up what God's trying to do because they're trying to interpret something and they're not smart enough to get out of the ring. Period. And that's what's going on. You know, I told, I told those guys a long time ago in the Messianic movement, I said, until you guys are willing to sit down, shut up, quit arguing, and let somebody like me, a real prophet, come in and clean house, and some of you people get put in the dirt, this thing's not going to work. And I'm still telling you that today. It's not going to work. Why? Because we got too many opinions, and the only way this thing is going to work is through the demonstration of the power of the Spirit. Then everybody else can get in line and fall in line as to whatever that, wherever that's at, whatever that's going on in your life. And I suppose that's the reason God's going to use me to do what he does. Stand up, we're going to pray. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer request. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible. Shemu Nikrah 